Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scary Stories for the Soul. If there's anything I love, it's a good haunted house. Nothing feels better than roaming those walls and letting your imagination run wild. Is there a ghost behind you right now? Can they see you? Can they feel you invading their space? Because let's be honest here, haunted houses belong to the spirits who reside there. We are merely visitors, or sometimes unwanted intruders. And no house can tote the title of belonging to spirits more than the Winchester Mansion in San Jose, California. A house built for spirits, at the instruction of spirits. The legend begins with Sarah Lockwood Pardee Winchester. Sarah Winchester was married to William Winchester, heir to the Winchester Repeating Arms Empire. The couple lived in romantic bliss in New Haven, Connecticut, where in July of 1866, Sarah gave birth to their first and only child, Annie. But like most ghost stories, this state of bliss was short-lived. Only a few weeks after her birth, Annie died of marasmus, plunging Sarah into a state of depression that never fully went away. A few years later, in 1881, her husband William passed away at the age of 43 from tuberculosis, the same disease that took his father not three months earlier. Sarah inherited $20 million and upwards of 50% of Winchester repeating arm stock. But rather than spend that money, Sarah did something that shocked Connecticut high society. She moved to San Jose, California, bought a two-story farmhouse, and began remodeling the structure. From 1886 to 1922, construction on the house occurred day in and day out. It never stopped. Soon, the house boasted 24,000 square feet, 10,000 windows, 2,000 doors, 160 rooms, 47 stairways and fireplaces, and 52 skylights. It was a marvel, a beauty to behold. But inside the house, something odd was happening. Staircases were built leading to nowhere. Doors opened to nothing. Where one step taken too quickly would leave you plunging to your death two stories up. Rooms were built and then immediately locked, entrance to them being explicitly forbidden. And an entire room was meticulously built, dedicated to seances. What was Sarah Winchester doing? Building those rooms? Building that house? What was happening? Well, after William's death, it's purported that Sarah visited a medium in Boston who channeled the spirit of her late husband. He told her, through the medium, that the spirits of all the people who had fallen victim to the Winchester rifle had come to him and told him that Sarah must leave New Haven immediately. She was to travel west, where she had to build a home for all those displaced spirits, a place for them to call their own. 
And why West, you might be asking? Because in 1873, the Winchester Repeating Arms Company released the Winchester Rifle Model 73, a rifle that was aptly nicknamed the gun that won the West. Countless men, women, and children, mostly indigenous tribes from the Americas, were gunned down and murdered with this rifle. Sarah had to go out and make it right. And that's exactly what she did. She created a house of spirits. So, welcome in. Step inside. Because Scary Stories for the Soul presents Annie's Night at the Winchester Mansion. Annie shuffled her feet as she waited for the small group to enter the Winchester Ministry House. They had been waiting 15 minutes for the tour to start, so she figured that now was as good a time as any to rethink all the choices she had ever made in her life that would have led her to that moment. It all started with a stupid taunt. A tease, really. But a tease that she, for some reason, could not let go of. She was sitting in the break room of her accounting firm eating her yogurt and sipping her protein shake like she did every day at 11 a.m. when her friend Marjorie made a comment to the rest of the room that she wished she could be as organized and routine as Annie. Not that routine, Annie had responded, slightly offended. Oh please, I can guarantee you right now that I can name every single item of food in your lunchbox. And I tell you for a fact that at noon on the dot, your watch will go off because you set a reminder for yourself every hour and 45 minutes to stand up and stretch. Annie felt heat crawl up her neck and into her cheeks. It's not a bad thing, Marjorie said and hugged her friend tightly. I wish I was as organized as you. You're always so put together. Sometimes I don't think about the consequences of an impromptu trip to the beach or how shitty I'll feel in the morning if I stay up all night binging TV. But you think of everything. Everything you do is scheduled. Well, now I just sound boring. You're not boring. You're just not spontaneous. And that's okay. Look at you. You have a great house, a great job, and you're like super, super smart. People would kill for that. But the conversation left Annie feeling a little stung. She could be spontaneous. She could throw caution to the wind and leave work 30 minutes early to catch a movie in the middle of the day or drive downtown for an expensive solo dinner. Heck, she could even do something daring and scary, like go bungee jumping or visit a haunted house. So then there she was waiting in line at the Winchester Mystery House, telling herself that she was spontaneous. She was wild. She wasn't going to go screaming out of the famously haunted house if anything touched her or made an ungodly noise. Paying an arm and a leg for the private midnight tour was a great idea. She was fine. Everything was fine. The doors to the impressive house opened and a tall, slender woman wearing a high-necked black dress and a lace face veil stepped outside. In dramatic fashion, 
a clock from somewhere inside noisily chimed and alerted everyone that it was officially midnight. Annie and her tour group formed a semicircle around the woman who opened her arms and gave a slight bow. Welcome to the Winchester Mystery House, the woman said in a low, delicate voice. Tonight, you will walk the halls of Sarah Winchester's beloved home. You will see where she slept, where she ate, where she mourned the loss of both her infant daughter and her beloved husband. Many of you have come here in search of thrills and excitement, and some of you have come to prove something to yourselves. At this, the woman turned her head towards Annie. Her eyes were obscured by the veil, but she swore she could feel the intensity behind them, boring down into her. Whatever brought you here, the woman continued, I only ask one thing of you all, that you respect this place and my mistress. Mrs. Winchester still holds dominion over this place. She has been known to, how can I put this, admonish those that she feels are being disrespectful or unruly in her home. And another warning, before we head inside, this is a house built for spirits. There are countless spirits and restless souls who call the mansion their home. So the respect that you would afford Mrs. Winchester might also be afforded to them. Some of them are much less kind than my mistress would be. Stay close. Do not wander or dawdle. People have reported walls moving, doors opening to different places in time. But I can assure you, some of those stories are nothing but nonsense. Some of them. The howling wind that had subsided during their tour guide's speech picked back up as soon as she had finished, as if waiting for her permission to continue rattling through the trees. The woman stepped backwards into the home and turned elegantly, leaving the group to quickly pick up the pace and step inside for fear of being left alone. Once everyone was inside, the heavy wooden door slammed shut. A woman with a short, bright, blonde bob screamed sending a ripple of nervous laughter through the group. Annie turned to look at her tour guide. The wind, the woman said, but her tone was unconvincing. The house itself was gorgeous, far more gorgeous than Annie had ever thought to believe. With its rich cherry wood, its gleaming floors, the grand staircase, and thick curtains, it was the perfect playground for ghosts and those brave enough or stupid enough in her case, to keep them company. The house has 160 rooms and 2,000 doors. There are certain rooms that have been walled up or sealed shut forever, while there are doors that lead to neck-breaking drops, or simply to other doors. There are 47 staircases, although some lead to nowhere. Some say, that the great San Francisco earthquake of 1906 caused such extreme structural damage to the home while under construction that these mystery doors were made to preserve the integrity of the home. Others believe that 
Sarah Winchester built them that way on purpose, to confuse the more malevolent ghosts. What do you believe? Annie asked. The woman stopped in her tracks, forcing the group to bump into each other. No one dared walk within a foot of her, although they couldn't quite explain why. I believe that Sarah Winchester knew exactly what she was doing. She was an architectural pioneer. She single-handedly directed the construction on her home during a time when women were nary allowed to leave their homes at all. Whatever was done to the home was done under her command, and she knew exactly what she was doing. So you believe the legends? The same blonde bobbed woman from before asked excitedly that she built this home to appease the spirits who were killed with the Winchester rifle? All heads simultaneously turned to look back at their tour guide. An eerie quiet spread across the crowd. Annie heard the ticking of a clock, although there was none near or around her. Sarah married her husband out of love. Even he couldn't know the devastation that would befall so many at the hands of those wielding the rifle that so morbidly was referred to as the gun that won the West. But alas, when poor William died, there was no one else to feel the wrath of those butchered and mangled spirits who had their lives cut short. Who else was to pay if not her? Sarah knew the burden that was placed upon her, knew that she was condemned to live a life among spirits, and she bore that burden as any strong woman should, with dignity and grace. Oh yes, there are spirits here. This is their home. Sarah built it for them. The blonde woman was as pale as a sheet. Annie noticed goosebumps crawling up her unsleeved arms. If a pin had dropped on the shiny hardwood floors, it would ring out like a bell for how quiet it was. Now, who wants to see Sarah's seance room? The tour guide said coyly. Annie allowed herself to be taken from room to room, listened intently to the history behind Sarah Winchester and how each room served a purpose. She tried her best to ignore the whispers that seemed to call to her from every room, the tugs on her jacket hem, the slow, icy fingers that slid down the exposed flesh on the nape of her neck. When they arrived at what would have been Sarah's bedroom, the lights went out throughout the home, plunging everyone in darkness. Is this part of the tour? Someone asked, panicked. No, it is not, the tour guide said. There has been some slight construction happening in various parts of the home, which often triggers blackouts. Annie knew when she was being lied to, and it was happening right now. Please, everyone, stay put. I will be right back. Everyone huddle up, a man said, holding on to his date. There's safety in numbers. Annie sat at the edge of the huddle, with her back turned to a closed door. 
The cold November wind outside seeped through the cracks of the windows. Floorboards upstairs creaked and groaned. House noises, she thought to herself. Creaking, groaning, noises that houses make when they're settling. Nothing to worry about. Annie. A voice behind her whispered urgently. Annie. It said again. How many houses know your name? She asked herself. The voice said again, almost desperately. Annie brought her knees up to her chin and rested her forehead on them. She wasn't hearing what she was hearing. The lights were out at the mystery house. She was 45 minutes into an hour-long tour where she was being bombarded with non-stop ghost stories, and her nerves were fried. She wasn't actually hearing what she was hearing. Yes, you are, the voice from behind her said. Wide-eyed with fear and anxiety, Annie swallowed hard and remembered her promise to herself. To not only be brave, but daring. So what if it was a ghost? Wasn't that what she was there for? A ghost encounter? Annie turned as slowly as humanly possible to face the voice. But instead of a ghost or a spirit meeting her gaze, her eyes fell on an open door. The door had been closed, not but a few seconds before. She remembered that very clearly. But it was open now, and in the darkness within, Annie watched the embers of a fire in a fireplace fight to stay alive. She turned to her tour group in the hopes that they were also seeing what she was seeing, but found herself alone in the hallway, with no other soul in sight. Quickly, she got to her feet and did a quick scan of her surrounding area. Everyone was gone. She was alone. Annie. The voice from within the room cooed. Well, she thought, not completely alone. She could still see the weak embers burning inside the fireplace. It gave the room a dim glow. Without thinking, Annie took a step towards the room and then another, and another, until she was inside. When she stepped over the threshold, the room completely transformed. A brilliant fire roared in the brick fireplace, filling the room with warmth. Thick burgundy curtains covered the stained glass windows and kept the cold night air out. Within the room was a daffodil yellow crib adorned with lush pillows and blankets of pure white and pale blue. Teddy bears and stuffed animals littered several corners of the room, spilling over each other like an avalanche of plush and fluff. And in front of the fireplace, sitting in a wooden rocking chair, was a woman with dark brown hair pinned to the nape of her neck, rocking an infant. Annie furiously rubbed at her eyes, but no matter how madly she rubbed, the vision would not go away. Slowly, she retreated backwards careful not to breathe too loudly or draw any attention to herself. But when she tried the brass knob on the door, it was locked. Annie, the woman in the chair said. Oh, my dear sweet Annie. 
Annie let out a small whimper at the sound of her name. Please, God, get me out of here, she said, desperately trying the door, not caring who heard her this time. Annie? Who's Mama's little angel? The woman in the chair asked. Annie turned. Her curiosity peaked. She walked over to stand in front of the woman. She looked just like the painting on the Winchester Mystery House website. It was Sarah Winchester, cradling a bundle that Annie could only assume was her daughter. Her breath caught in her throat. Sarah looked up from the bundle and looked into Annie's eyes. Frozen in terror and disbelief, Annie made no attempt to move or run. Oh, Annie, Sarah said, getting up from the chair and letting the bundle fall to the ground. It had been nothing but a baby doll. My little Annie, you've grown. You're a woman now. And look at how striking and stunning you are. I'm, I'm, I'm not Annie. Well, I am Annie, but not your Annie. Just a Annie. Oh, you have your father's eyes, Sarah said, reaching over to touch Annie's cheek even as she flinched away. I'm sorry, Annie said sympathetic tears filling her eyes. I'm not your Annie. I wish I was, for your sake, but I am not. I'm sorry. Why don't you stay with me here a while? Sarah said, sitting back down on the chair and pulling Annie down with her. Stay with your mama, she cooed, placing Annie's head on her lap and stroking her hair. A sense of cloudiness filled Annie's head. She felt dizzy, but light, as though she weighed and felt nothing. You can stay with Mama in this room. I could, Annie said sleepily. She was just about to close her eyes when through the glom, she remembered something the tour guide had said. Sarah Winchester had lost Annie to Marasmus when she was only a few weeks old. In 1866. Twenty years before her move to the Yanata Villa, what would later be known as the Winchester House. The infant Annie had never set foot in that home. Sarah had never cuddled the babe in her nursery. There had never been a nursery in the home. There had been no need for one. Whatever this was, was a fallacy, a trick. Sarah had mourned her daughter, but not like this. This was not Sarah. You're not Sarah, Annie said, shaking herself out of the dream. 
the spirit stopped stroking her hair. Annie stood up and out of the spirit's embrace. I don't know what you are, but you're not Sarah, she said more forcefully. The light of the fire began to simmer and die out. The room went cold. The spirit disguising itself as Sarah stood tall. Come back to mama now, it said in a low menacing voice. No. Be a good girl and come back to mama or I'll put you in the punishment room. It threatened. Fuck off, Annie shouted and lunged for the door again. The spirit opened its mouth so wide that its jaw unhinged and let out a piercing cry. The flames from the fireplace spread out and over the brick mantle, licking at the wall surrounding it. In the light of the fire, Annie saw a tall, thin, emaciated woman, her skin sallow and tight over sharp bones. Her hair was disheveled and she wore a dirty, spotted nightgown covered in blood. In her hands was a smoking rifle. The room filled with the smell of gunpowder and blood. Mama wants you to be a good girl, the woman cried out, black tears streaming down her face, sizzling on the hardwood floor like hot tar. Mama punished you because you were bad, but Mama loves you. Now come here! Come to Mama! Annie screamed and cried and pounded on the door with all her might. She launched herself into the door, putting her shoulder into it in the hopes of breaking the whole thing down. Suddenly, the door burst open from the outside, and a hand grabbed her by the collar of her jacket. It pulled her out and slammed the door shut before locking it with an iron key. Annie was still screaming and crying. She swatted the hand that had already released her and threw random kicks and punches in case anything else was nearby. When she finally slowed her breathing and calmed some of the panic in her chest, she looked up and saw her shrouded tour guide staring calmly down at her with her hands neatly cupped together in front of her. Annie quickly got to her feet. Did you see that? She asked frantically. What was that? Who was that? She lobbed question after question at the woman until she finally raised her palm at her for silence. I told you to be weary, dear Annie. I said that there were some spirits here with a more malevolent agenda, didn't I? If I hadn't scooped you up when I had, I'm afraid you would have been a guest of Miss Agnes's room for an undisclosed amount of time. Agnes? Annie asked. Yes, she's one of our more complicated residents. Wanted a child so terribly, but then did some unspeakable things to them. She likes to wear Mrs. Winchester's face sometimes because, I don't know, she knows it garners more sympathy than the face of a mad woman. Annie turned to look at the door. Oh no, it's best not to dawdle, the tour guide said firmly, shooing Annie away from the door. 
Agnes can be a little tricky. The tour guide walked Annie throughout the home until they reached the front door. The parking lot was empty, and the night sky was starless and pitch black. How long was I there? She asked. An hour, give or take two or three. The tour guide replied nonchalantly, like I said, you're lucky I found you. Annie looked out and saw her car, and with trembling fingers, pushed the button on her keys to start it. She wanted it to be up and running so she could get out of there as fast as possible. You know, I came here to prove a point, she told the tour guide before leaving. I wanted to prove to myself, and my friend, that I was brave, that I wasn't as mild and afraid of things as she thought I was. Oh, Annie, the tour guide said, there are some things in life that we should be scared of. Tune in to new episodes of Scary Stories for the Soul on Spotify, Anchor, and or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Don't forget to follow Scary Stories for the Soul on Instagram and Twitter, and rate the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any legends, myths, or ghost stories you want to see covered on the show, email your ideas to scarystoriesforthesoul2020 at gmail.com. This has been Isabel Cortez. Until next time.